This podcast episode takes us back to the reserves and the Richmond thirds and the Richmond fourths to Warren Allen, who was coached by Bill Borromeo, by Slug Jordan, by Verdon Howe, and he appears in the 1970 seniors team photo at the start of the season. So how did that all happen to be? Here's my conversation with Warren Allen. Uh, Warren Allen, thanks for your time. That's okay. Um, you, you sent me a 1970s team photo, and you're in the team photo. Yes. Um, I always thought team photos were, for say, for senior players. Ha, ha, what Were you on the senior list at that stage in 1970? Do you remember? Yes, I was. So, yes. so were you close to getting the senior game at all? I, I was at a couple of times. Uh, yeah. uh, Hayfie put me through a couple of rigorous... Uh, uh, training sessions with Dick Clay and uh, and a couple of others uh, as I was sort of destined to be on the wing or, or, or centre or something like that and uh, and uh, you know maybe I didn't maybe I didn't have enough weight on board at that time or something like that but uh, yeah no well it was you know Richmond a very strong club in that time I, you know Richmond had a had a vision and uh, you know and it was a strong Len Smith driven uh, vision and uh, and that was started in in the under 17s and of course. Uh, in the fourths and then into under-19s thirds with Ray Jordan. And, uh, you know, it was all supposed to sort of hang together so players could move up through the different ranks and be able to fit into, uh, to you know, to, to the play. And, uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. uh, that, that's the way it was. And, uh, you know, even in uh, in the under-17s, you know, I, I played originally at, uh, in the Waverley Football League. And, oh, yeah. And Graham Richmond was the talent scout, or one of the talent scouts in that area, and he he uh, he came and, and saw my parents and asked would I would I be allowed to come down to to, to Richmond to train in the fourths under Bill Barongo, who who was a pro running coach he was, as yes. well. Yeah. And uh, and so uh, I came down there, and uh, you know, and the the, the training regime was sort of I'm, I'm sure it was dictated by Richmond Football Club as uh, you know as as it was, uh, you know, considered by Richmond that, you know, that, that, that the fourths and thirds should have been able to, uh, you know, go between different grades. And, uh, right. you know, the Len Smith training notes, uh, you know, were, were, were pinned up on the wall every, every Saturday's game. And, uh, and that, that's sort of, that was sort of part of Bill Baromeo's speech. He would go through those training notes. And, you know, although we were proficient, proficient players, Skills were needed to be honed, you know, for the future of Richmond and uh, and, uh, and and the, and the Richmond football style. So, uh, you know, training consisted of normal, you know, circle work and yeah. lane work and testing. But that every session contained a sort of like a skills lane where where uh, where you would run through and you had to bounce the ball left and right handed and roll them over on the left shoulder and get up, roll over on the right shoulder and and get up and then put the ball out in front of you and pick it up left and right handed and and then hand pass left and right hand to the oncoming player. This was practiced and scrutinized so, you know, all players could could perform these skills. Right, right. I was playing, uh, I was playing, uh, for some reason they put me full forward at at St Kilda one day uh, and you know, and I, I think I kicked one goal four, and and uh, Graham Richmond came to me. He said, "Look, you can't miss, you can't miss those opportunities, Cocko. You know, you, you you've got to kick those goals when when it's needed." Those uh, those skills that were way back in the 
in the fourths and you know naturally at, at, in the third in the third um, Ray Jordan didn't put those up on the board but you know the the uh, the punch from behind and two men together at all times and get to the bottom of the pack and mm. and uh, you know uh, chase chase and tackle and uh, stop opponents from playing on and you know intelligent talking and no packs and crushes and long kicks to position with the ten sort of commandments that uh, you know we all grew up with you know yeah. now and, I, and followed through. I did not realise, but the Richmond Fourths actually gave you gave out trophies when you were premiers. They did. So, we, so if we yeah. go to 1967, who was that grand final against, do you recall? Oh, dear. Because I'm, I'm not too sure myself. I was trying to try find that out. I, I think it was against Melbourne, but uh, it was... See, the fourth 18 wasn't a full VFL contingent of clubs. I think there was only about eight or ten of the clubs right. in, in that competition. Right. And uh, so it wasn't actually run by the, the VFL, although, you know... Uh, as I say, the clubs—that's that, where they—that's where they ran their fourth eighteen from. You know. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about if we can um, slug Jordan. And the people right. I've spoken to have commented to me that he's been very influential in their time at Richmond. Barry Richardson speaks highly of him, for instance. Stephen Parsons, these sort of players. Uh, how, how did yeah. what did Slug Jordan do for you? Apart from, I'm guessing he had a quite a loud voice and would sometimes throw in a few swear words, perhaps. Oh, the slug was just amazing. I mean, you know, because, you know, at, at that age of your life, you know, you're very impressionable and, and uh, you know, slug sort of, you know, he, he had a really good, uh, well, he seemed to have a really good handle on life and, and he, he, he dictated how the game was, you know, we demanded how it should be played and, uh, and his, and, and, uh, and his players, uh, you know, they Ray bred a morale through the team that you know was was just was just quite amazing because uh, you know there were there was a you know a, a very strong collection of you know very good players mm. and uh, and and he just bred a, a matesmanship and a fierce com competition amongst them and uh, and we all just couldn't wait to get to training and couldn't wait to play again you know I mean uh, yeah. that's that's what it was like Slug made sure you know he followed he followed through uh, on on the plans he knew young men and uh, and uh, and the hurdles that you would face and he'd he'd prepare prepare you for all sorts of uh, encounters and you know he he was one guy who used to send in, in messages out on the playing against Geelong one day and this guy was giving me a bit of a hard time and he, he, he sent, uh, I think it was Ray Keane was the runner and he came out and he just, he made it, Ray just spoke out loudly and then near this, Ray said, uh, he said, Slug wants you not to get another kick but when this bloke puts his head down, kick the fucking thing off. <laughs> So you know, this is the sort of stuff you know, and you know, you're very impressionable, and you know, you just you just did duties that he he told you to do, you know. Yeah. But uh, he, he prepared he prepared the side well. He knew what was going on. I mean, I remember uh, that uh, you know you'd you'd front up to the MCG on finals days, and you know you had to play at nine a.m. and you'd run out and be due on the ground. But he'd prepare you for all that, and he'd also prepare you to say, look, all the standing room people are there. The the, the, the stadium's going to be a quarter full or right. or up to half full by the time you've finished. And when you go towards the ball or take a mark, there's going to be sounds occur that you you've never heard before because you only had you know a couple of hundred people yeah. you know at the at, at the games. And so he'd prepare you for all that sort of thing as well. And uh, 
you know, he was he, he was just you know, uh, I wouldn't say a father figure, but he was just the he was just the best of guys, and you could just talk to him about anything. If you're having a problem, he'd take your side, and and he always he always gave you direction. He uh, he he was really good, you know. Did your yeah. parents did your parents come and watch during this time? Watch you play? My parents came uh, infrequently. My mother was uh, you know more than my dad. My dad sort of played 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 cricket and. Didn't, and and uh, and he uh, he had golfing interests as well as my mum, but my mum was very keen Geelong supporter. She grew up down there, and uh, so mm. she, she was always into football and followed me a fair bit. But no, I I'm, I basically uh, uh, used to hang around with other guys' dads there because they you know my my parents didn't come to the games so often. And did you have a, an occupation at the time? Uh, well, I was just a student. Okay. And, uh, I was a student, and then I uh, uh, then I went to um, I was a computer programmer analyst, and uh, for for uh, an offshoot of Norcross Greeting Cards, which had EDP services, they uh, they did computing for ANZ Bank and Nissan and Citchrome and all these companies when they didn't have their own computers, and that's where I met Keith German, who was on uh, he was a co-director of that company, and he he just so happened to be on the coterie of Richmond, and. Uh, and so uh, we had a good friendship there, and uh, you know, just through that, uh, you know, we used to, you know, see quite a bit of uh, you know the Richmond Football Club afterwards. Who did you who did you sort of connect with during that time? Was there a particular player you became friends with? Yeah, I was good. I was good buddies with Billy Galing, right. and uh, uh, I, was, I was buddies with with a lot of the the guys there. Uh, Peter Cloak was in that team, and uh, David Drosher, and. Uh, uh, Brendan Davey, yeah. uh, Daryl Cummings was in that team. Uh, Do you stay in touch? Do you stay in touch oh, with any of them? Uh, yeah, I, I, I've been in touch with Billy Galing a couple of times. Uh, I, I haven't seen the other fellows, you know, because I live in Brisbane now, so uh, it's a little bit disconnected as far as that goes. But um, yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard from I haven't heard of Billy Galing for li- for years actually. Yeah, he won the Morris Medal there. And yeah, he did. At, didn't uh, he? At, yeah, he was uh, he was good. Brian Shinners was uh, you know because Kevin Shinners played as well, and Brian Shinners was a good player. He was out of Dandenong, and he was a plumber, um, wasn't he? That's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. He was yeah, a plumber. That part, I remember, you know, when I played for the under 19s the, the uh, you know Richmond used to give you three dollars a week to cover your railway co- railway train costs to get in there and things like that. So that was interesting. Where were, where um, were you coming from at the time? Glen Waverley. Okay, so well, the train yeah. goes straight to the Richmond station, doesn't it? Back then, I yeah, guess. that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, so, uh, what else did I have written down well, here? That's nice uh, of them that they did that. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, through my time at Richmond, you know, I mean, uh, it was just, it, it was a, a changing, it, it was a change for, you know, you, your whole life. I mean, the life values were learnt. It was not only your football skills, but, you know, attributes and approach to life that was needed to succeed, you know, um, yep. at both these and, and expectations from, you know, Ray Dunn and Graham Richmond and Romeo, Jordan Howe, Hafey and, and others. You, you, you just expect it to be, you know, a certain, certain character, you know. And uh, that sort of, you know, stood you in good stead for life, I guess. And we should talk about Verdon Howell, I suspect, because Verdon was a premiership reserves coach with Richmond. What was he like as a coach? Well, uh, he was, uh, I felt he was sort of quiet, a quiet sort of uh, 
uh, you know, he, he would have he would have come under you know Yabby Jean sort of mainly, wouldn't he? From, yes, uh, you're right. From there, and uh, yeah. and uh, he he was uh, look, I, I I didn't get I, I you know I can't remember too much about him, you know, being so long ago. But he was uh, you know he was very straightforward, and uh, you know he he had a different style. He wasn't sort of um, uh, you know, he certainly wasn't a Ray Jordan type or anything like that. He was, he was much more quietly spoken and more direct in his approach, and had had expectations of players at that level. Uh, mm. That's how I remember him. Yeah. So I mean, I, I owe a lot to Graham Richmond. You know, he he was always he always remembered you and 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 guided you, and uh, you know, he'd uh, he he'd, he'd always be there, sort of seeing how you're going on, and if you've played a certain style of play he'd sort of come so he'd come to see you and say look that's the style of Richmond wants you you've got to progress that part of your game and oh. and uh, and he'd uh, you know if you, if you were long hand passing over players or something like that or if, you know you were you were running to position he'd say this this is what we need you know keep this up cocko and things like mm-hmm. this and you'll 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 get a run and then I, I remember I uh, uh, you know I, I shed a tear at his funeral when I went that, to that funeral because he was you know he's such a you know, major guy in the period of my life at that time. Did you also uh, come into contact with Alan Swab as well? Alan Swab, yes, I was. I was close to Alan Swab. Uh, Alan Swab was uh, secretary. I mean, uh, uh, at the time when uh, I was uh, <laughs> interviewed and said, you know, uh, you know, we we're thinking of you know releasing you from the club and uh, and and so they said we we we're, we're wanting players who will only play 100 games i mean and so you know i was released with a $1000 transfer fee on the head and Alan Schwab who was secretary at the time assisted me in getting sort of like a a six game guarantee guaranteed six games with Fitzroy so i went down to Fitzroy and after training there for a while uh, they were so unprofessional. It was obvious that uh, the level of professionalism and approach that I was used to, well, you know, I just did, I, I just didn't seem to fit. And uh, right. so I left and went to Melbourne, and uh, and I I trained at Melbourne and uh, got on the list there. Had a really good practice uh, season, and uh, I did a little cartilage in the bridge of my foot, so I was I was on on the list to be uh, considered when available, and uh, and then East Caulfield. And the federal lead offered me a few hundred bucks to go down there and play. So uh, uh, I, I decided, well, you know, was I really going to make it or not? And uh, so I, I decided to go there. And uh, and uh, Alan Swab recommended me for a, a coaching position up at Sandgate in Queensland. And uh, and I said I'd go up there if they could get me a job in the computer industry. But I had even heard of that up here at that stage. And <laughs> they couldn't get me a job up here. So I went to East Caulfield. So I played there, and then, uh, you know, funnily enough, I went to I went to Beaconsfield uh, after Ray Jordan had recommended me for assistant coach position out there, and uh, Jimmy Reed, who was a '66 until the Premiership player, uh, Jimmy was an amazing player and coach, and uh, he's still a good friend of mine. But uh, uh, so I, I, I played and uh, assistant coach with him out there, and we. Uh, we, we, we won a premiership and things there, so that was good. And uh, and we, I, I recall Jimmy, and it's funny how football sort of travels round. But you know, Jimmy was a pretty tough player in his time, and uh, he was uh, responsible for a, a few uh, major hits on some players. And one of them was Mike Perry for Richmond, which he he knocked Mike Perry out in his in his opening game for Richmond. And uh, right. 
and uh, and and like the, the following, I think the following encounter that, that uh, Richmond played St Kilda, uh, Tony Jewell, Jimmy Reid remembers looking up at the Northern Stand and Tony Jewell just uh, leveled leveled the score there after uh, <laughs> yeah. for uh, for Jimmy's for Jimmy's uh, action on Mike Perry. <laughs> I think how things all come around again, you know. I think Mike Perry might have he might have broken his jaw that game. Yeah, I think he probably would have. Yeah, because that wasn't like that was in the. We we're talking that was probably about 1965. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, Dad, Dad played one or two rounds after that. But I remember reading about Perry coming off with a broken jaw. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know whether this part needs to be on the on the thing, but I think yeah. Jimmy Reed, he, he was uh, he, he was sort of responsible for Gillard, Barry Davis, Mike Perry, and. A couple of others, you know, yeah, and and so you know that was uh, that was that was the way the game. That's how tough the game was in those days, and uh, so you know, and Jimmy Jimmy played like that out of Beaconsfield too. You know, he was a he was, he was a hard hard player and a hard coach, and demanded the same. And you know, and that, that proved to me. And he also he, he bred a fantastic morale, and that's what I see with all clubs now. You know, it's the you look at the Bulldogs this year. You know, they they just you know you. Those guys just couldn't wait to get down to training together and just, you know, yeah. hone a few more skills and just be mates and all that. And if you can breed that into a club uh, these days when it's when it's professional, which is pretty hard, but uh, you know that, that that that's where you that's where you win. Even in the junior, you know, in, in football outside of Richmond, I mean, um, you know, at Beaconsfield, I, I was assistant coach there. I went up, I went up as assistant coach at Berwick for a while, and then I then I coached. Up, and then I coached Bayswater in the EDFL First Division, and um, uh, you know, and and just you know, just just having having teams where where players would come down on a Sunday morning and put the same old muddy gear on and go out for a training run. I mean, everybody was just uh, just so enthralled at, at playing the game and being a part of the club, and that's what it was like at Richmond. You know, did you have much to, to do? We spoke about Alan Swab just before. Did you have much to do with Ian Wilson? Did you see the no. president around much at all? He, he was around, yes, uh, but I, I didn't have much to do with him. Um, uh, you know, it was funny uh, I, when I think of the time at my club. I, I, although I had an opportunity to stick my nose in the, uh, to you know the, the committee side of things and, and uh, you know to get to know people a bit more, but I, I suppose um, you know it wasn't it wasn't as uh, available to players at that time you know yeah. it was almost uh, it was almost sort of like behind closed doors you weren't it's something that you didn't uh, you, you didn't do generally you know yeah, yeah. now it seemed to be well, what's fascinating is that you, you you were coached by Baromeo coached by Ray Jordan coached by Verdon Howe you've got Graeme Richmond at the club you've got Alan Swab I mean you've got all these influential men and then we've got Tommy Hafey as the coach of the seniors team now as we know, you didn't play senior football. You didn't quite reach that uh, one of those sides. But I'm guessing you still had many interactions with Tommy at the time. Oh yeah, Tommy Hafey was just—he was just fantastic. You know, I mean, uh, you know, playing, um, you know, playing senior football is—I um, I think is just playing the, you know, uh, you know, having having the the skills and honing them so you can. You can play them in a in faster manner, you know, making right. the right decisions and keeping your keeping your opponents under pressure. I mean, that's that, that's basically it. And I think that you know that's that's the way 
pay for you wanted you to do it. You know, you you know, you know, just little things. You know, if you were caught between the kicker and the receiver, you ran to the receiver and and helped out there. And you know, you just you know the way the way he guided you and the way he spoke to you at the in you know in the at the training sessions and things. You know, I was I was probably I was like the best pupil. I just listened to every word he said. You know, and he and uh, he uh, you know he he knew me well and and uh, I I saw him many times. Uh, after uh, I'd left Richmond, he always remembered my name and mm-hmm. had a little chat about things. And and I sent his daughter a, a uh, an email um, when he was uh, was on his on his way down, and uh, and uh, and she wrote back and said I gave it to Dad, and he said uh, he said he did remember you and uh, you know wished you well as well. So yeah. it was was pretty cool, you know. Yeah, well, it's, he, he knew everyone, Tommy, and he tried to keep yeah. in touch with as many people as possible. After, yeah, after the time across all clubs. Yes, uh, well, it was just a, he was just an amazing individual, and uh, you know, I, uh, you know, he, he just he's just the pinnacle in my life, you know. But and so, uh, you know, the way he the way he uh, looked after his boys and and treated them as his boys, I'm just amazed that he could, you know, keep in touch with so many people in the broad spectrum that he coached. Is there a is there a touch of sadness that you never made a senior team? At all? Oh, of course, yeah, of course there was, but because uh, you must have been close. Yeah, I must have been close. I remember, uh, I remember, you know, because you know you have you had to sort of put yourself forward, and you know, I think that I probably wasn't the sort of guy that you know at that time, you know, say, what about me? You know, I'm, I'm you know, I've, I've had this, you know, why, yeah. why aren't I having a go or something like that? And I remember at one practice match down at South Melbourne there pre-season, you know, I'd, I was playing in the back pocket and uh, I think I got the ball and I I can remember hand passing over, running on, da da da. I ran right up and kicked this, kicked a goal and ran back to the position and Hafey got a word out to me that he wanted me in the senior in the senior game yeah. and uh, somebody came up to me after I'd showered and got dressed, you know, and, oh. and I said, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll get changed. Goes, oh, they said, oh, don't worry, you can have a go sometime, you know. And so that, that's the sort of thing that you know, you just missed your mark. You know that uh, yeah. you know maybe I wasn't sort of forceful enough, or or something. But you know, Tommy gave me a couple of shots on the. You know, I'm sure he was sort of you know looking at me for a certain position at a couple of times. But uh, you know, that's the way it goes. And yeah. But of course, as, as you said earlier, it's tough to get a, a position in the side back then. Uh, oh. Like, what, what what position would you, would he have put you in anyway? Who would you have been up against? Well. Well, you know, because he used to sort of put me up against Dick Clay and things oh. like that, he probably was looking at me on the wing or something <laughs> so, like that. You so, know. Well, you've got to try and beat Dick Clay. Hard, <laughs> <laughs> I remember we had this wrestling competition and he, you know, Dick Clay, he was pretty stronger than me, but, uh, you know, and I thought I was pretty strong. Yeah. But uh, he, he threw me around a bit. I'd him a couple of times, but he, he would have got me about ten times to two, so that wasn't that wasn't very impressive. I remember Hafey said, come on, Warren, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, now, now, have you have you returned to Richmond at all, Warren, in your times after Richmond, or have you gone back to Punt uh, Road? Um, I don't think I have really. I mean, I've, I've followed them and been to games and things like that, but I've never knocked on the door down there and said, you know, I, yeah. I've spent a bit of time here. But uh, you know, once again, I don't think I really have the right to do that. There's plenty of people that have played. Uh, uh, like me, I think I think my attribute was you know, I could handle the ball at pace, and uh, and I had a fair bit of that. So that was my 
that was my major attribute. I could kick long, and uh, uh, that was me, you know. Yeah. When you left Richmond, <laughs> did anyone ever come up to you and go, "Gee, your name rings a bell"? Did you play at Richmond? Yes. I was going to say because yes. it's, it's you know it's not a common surname, so I'm wondering whether or not a few old timers or you know supporters went. Did you used to play for Richmond? Yeah, no, a few people have done that, and uh, uh, I remember uh, when I was coaching at, at Beaconsfield, at uh, Bayswater, yeah. the, the guy that used to write the Turak Times and also the, the VFL footy record, he he came to this game and he said to me, uh, he, he, he sort of came to me just before I was about to dress, address the players, and I said, look, you know, look, I'll, I'll have a word to you after the game, but I said, I can't have to talk to you now, you know, and uh, so I... I, I you know, I was uh, I was pretty hard taskmaster as a coach and things like that, and I, I sometimes manhandled the players a little bit if they hadn't. Uh, you know, I was playing coach, and right. so if they hadn't punched from behind or something, I'd grab a jumper and haul him into my face to speak to him or something like that. And uh, anyhow, this guy put a put a uh, headline in the thing that said that uh, uh, one Warren Allen makes Ron Barassi look like a pussy cat. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need that sort of headline, but that was a, that was a, just something <laughs> funny. But uh, you know, but anyhow, I mean, uh, one little thing that I, I you know, Richmond was uh, was sort of the first club to bolster their side with rejected or end of contract players, also, oh, and yes. uh, you know, such as Paul Sproul and Mel Brown, Ray Boynich, Robbie McGee, just to mention a few. Yeah. But uh, it was it was the strong presidency under Ray Dr- Ray Dunn and the administration and and the coaching staff that that you know North Melbourne copied in order to win their <laughs> long awaited flag and uh, you know by putting up Alan Aylett and Barassi and the Foreign Legion of players that you know I both could mention yeah. that, that featured in their in their premiership and uh, you know this was a direct copy of Richmond's uh, powerhouse in those years and uh, you know. People often don't remember that. I'm sure people looked at Richmond at that time and said, "How are they doing this? You know, you know, where is all this coming from?" And it all came from their fourths and thirds. And you know, as you know, Jordan went over there, and and North yeah. Melbourne, uh, North Melbourne reaped the benefits of having him uh, put the young players through there, and, and he had amazing success. I, I think Ray Jordan must almost have the best coaching yeah. record of anybody, you know. And and you mentioned a name that we haven't touched on, which was Ray Dunn, who Ray was, Dunn, was yes. hugely important in Richmond's history. Do you, do you remember meeting Ray Dunn at all? I do, yeah. Wow. I met him a number of occasions, and, uh, you know, it was well-renowned, well-known that, uh, you know, when you, when you went to a function that Ray Dunn had uh, arranged, then you, you didn't... Uh, you didn't side sideline yourself with any of his girls that were there, and, uh, <laughs> so you had to toe the line in that level as well. So, uh, yeah. you know, if you if you wanted to play footy for Richmond, it was well known that uh, us guys <laughs> would would not look sideways at his ladies right. that he had there. But uh, but that was just you know Ray Dunn. You know he was uh, he used to tell everybody that he did a thousand push up, a thousand sit ups a morning to get the stomach like this, and uh, <laughs> we should follow. But. <laughs> That was, uh, but no, he was, he was, you know, I, I didn't have anything to do with him in terms of him telling me what to do or, or that, you know, well, certainly that I was out of line because I wasn't, but, uh, you know, he was, everybody knew that, uh, you, you didn't, you didn't want to cross Ray because you know, he had to, he had the professional and the, and the clout that, uh, you yeah. know, uh, you know, that was, that stood there, yeah. And we, we should just, we should just point out to anyone who's listening to this later on that Ray Dunn had, had quite a, a stomach. 
didn't he? Quite a, a belly. <laughs> he did. He did. So yeah, it certainly he was wasn't a, very, a thousand. Very big man. <laughs> it certainly wasn't a thousand push-ups or sit-ups. <laughs> no, no, that's right. But he was. So, uh, he was a famous, so, uh, famous lawyer. Is that right? Or barrister? Yeah, that? barrister. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, that, that all that was all good. But uh, you know, I suppose you know you owe a lot to you to my years at Richmond. You know, it's guided me in strengths and hmm. abilities that uh, stand the stand the test of time. And uh, you know, you just you're able to handle pressure and. Uh, uh, against all odds in all sorts of walks of life because of that uh, in- enduring that type of that type of uh, play and uh, and uh, coaching you know and can we can we just end the conversation on your reflections of who you thought were just the most skillful players at Richmond at the time either in the seniors or the reserves or the thirds who, who sort of stays in your mind as the ones that you saw that were just really very good players. Well, uh, you know, Neil Baum was just outstanding in, yeah, uh, yeah. in in the ranks. He he was just sensational. And I don't know what ever happened to uh, uh, the captain of that 1968 side was um, Graham Johnson. Right. Yes. But he was. I think he might have got injured, and he injured himself out of the out of the cave. But he was he was a cut above the even. You know, everybody. He was he was a big guy, and he he was he was just a fabulous player. And uh, you know, he was kept for that side. But uh, yeah. well, you know, uh, I, I you know I think uh, you know pl- players. You know, Ian Stewart. I didn't. I was I was not there when Ian Stewart was there. But you know, he was just an amazing player. And uh, um, you know, in, in terms of Richmond, <laughs> your. T- your dad is just, it was, just an it amazing. Wasn't, it wasn't a leading question, by the way. <laughs> no, I'm sure it wasn't, but I, but I, I would never leave him out anyhow. But uh, he was he was just a terrific player uh, for the club, and you know, I mean, uh, Sheedy was Sheedy was fantastic, and you know, I always remember Sheedy Hafey and your dad. You know, they were the sort of teetotalers, and yeah. they were sort of the stable the stable part of the the, the club. All us other guys could run right for a while. We we. We, we had a good anchor point back there that these guys had sort of pull you back into line a bit, you know, and say, <laughs> you know, should you really be doing this? You know, <laughs> and Dick Clay was just an amazing, amazing player. I, um, mm. You know, so uh, yeah. you know, you can just you can easily go through it. Yeah. You know, Roger Dean and you know Michael Patterson and going back to Ganane and even Eric Moore. Eric Moore was amazing for his size and he's, you know, I mean they they sort of nicknamed him Cement Head because he'd he'd, he'd He'd practice kicking before he went out there, but he'd, he'd kick with such gusto, all the cordial would just get smashed around, and, and you know, he, he didn't care what, <laughs> he was just, he was in another planet, that guy, but shit, he could play the game when he wanted to. Yeah. Not, not, not that he was an outstanding uh, star, but he, he certainly did well for Richmond when they needed him in position. Uh, oh, but, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, Robbie McGee was fantastic. I mean, uh, in those years when he came over, I mean, uh, I, Robbie McGee was just fantastic. I reckon he, he, he could he could punch the ball into somebody's hand, uh, chest running past, you know, and things like that. I mean, the way the way Richmond used that foreign legion for uh, you know even to snare another flag was just was great. It's just fantastic that you're at the club at that stage and you're able just to be coached by these men and play with these men. So it's been it's been a great thrill to hear your stories. I must say, and I'm almost, I'm actually a little bit envious. You know, although you didn't make it into a senior game, I don't think anyone listening would begrudge the career that you had. 
Oh, well, that's, that's very nice. I mean, I, I'm happy just to share a few stories. I mean, I thought the other ones that you had on that iCloud all sounded good, so I thought I, <laughs> I could add a bit to it in a different different era, you know? That's the idea, yep, a different perspective. Yeah. It was fantastic. So yeah. um, many thanks for that. Um, good on you, Rhett. Well, uh, it's, it's great to speak to you, and thank you for the opportunity, and, uh, and, 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 and good luck.